Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Ladies, thank you for joining us. Um, this is Paige here, and you're going to get the opportunity to hear from my dear friend, Janelle Martin. This series is on the spiritual gift of prophecy, and I want to encourage you with 1 Corinthians 14.1. This is the NIV version. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. The NLT translation says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also give you should also desire special abilities that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. We live in a time now, as much as ever, that it is of the utmost importance that we hear truth, and we know that the Lord gives us the Spirit of truth inside of us, testifying of the things to come, testifying of what is right. But it's not only essential that we hear truth, but also that we speak truth, and that we speak the truth in love as this verse is saying in 1 Corinthians 14, 1. I invite you on this journey. I welcome you on this journey to explore the basics surrounding the gift of prophecy. And I pray that your heart would be encouraged, that you would grow in faith, that you would grow in maturing in this gift, and that you would even be stirred to have um, a greater love for the Word of God as Janelle just unfolds unfolds both the Old Testament and the New Testament in examining the role of prophecy in our lives today. Thanks for joining us. Let us know if you have any questions. I hope that you have an ability to take notes as there's going to be some great information in this episode as we discuss the spiritual gift of prophecy. Welcome today. I'm glad that you've joined me. Um, My name is Janelle Martin, and we are sitting down to have a conversation about prophecy And more importantly today, I want to talk about uh, who you are. We've talked about how God has invited everyone. He's asked every one of us that he he, he wants us to desire to prophesy. And when we prophesy, we, we exhort, we edify, and it brings comfort. And I just wanted to, um, I'll just start this podcast off with an example. Uh, just this morning, I was praying for a friend, and um, I, I was at a gathering, and she didn't get to be there with us, and the Lord was just prophesying over people some wonderful things, and I wanted my friend to get a prophecy. I wanted my friend to be edified, exhorted, and comforted, and so I just started praying for her, and I started the prayer of Lord. It, it hurts my heart that she couldn't be with us, but I know that you don't leave anybody out. So if you have a word for her, I have ears to hear. But if not, I know that you will bless her another way. And so when you pray for those in your life, um, and maybe God's stirring up within you a desire to prophesy, that's one way to do it. If he, he has someone on your heart, like my friend was on my heart, I just said, if I can prophesy over her, use me. But if not, we, I trusted God, I trust God to bless her 
whether it's with my lips, my vocal cords, or someone else's. So as I got on into prayer and was just um, just worshiping the Lord, you know, that's the best thing we can do. Think about your husband, your children, your family members, when they just want to be with you. They're not coming to spend time with you because they have to or they need something. They're just wanting to be with you. And the conversation is pleasant and good. And a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving flows. That's all God wants from us. He's not looking for perfectly recited scriptures, even though that is powerful. He's not looking to give you a report card of your behavior. He's just wanting to be with you and for you to be with him. So that's where my heart was. And so I'm going to just read the word. I'm going to omit the details that would uncover my friend because that is not God. When you get a word, you do not share it because then it becomes theirs. But I have my friend's permission. So here I go. God is saying to her, I see your zeal and passion. Just make sure that that passion doesn't get ahead of me. I see you running to me. It looks like a marathon set up, but you are running like it is a sprint. God needs you for the long haul. So stay alert and use your senses to see God and hear God when he calls your name. You will be no good to anyone if you aren't fully charged. Soon you will have an opportunity to be refreshed and renewed, but you will have to choose. Remember, I gave you the answer. Choose life or death. Choose life. And then he calls her by name and says, You amaze me, but I want you to see I am an awesome God working on your behalf. So let's go back up here, and I want to dissect this word for you in the heart of teaching. So here we go. It starts out with edification. God is saying, well done, my my daughter. Wouldn't you love to hear that from God? Then the next line says, I see your zeal and passion. Those are good qualities, aren't they? But here comes the word that is from his heart. It is a little bit corrective, but it's not judgmental. Here's what it says. Just make sure that passion doesn't get ahead of me. So you see that tone? He wasn't getting on to her. He was just like, hey, stick with me. Don't get too far ahead. Don't we say those kind of things to our children when we're out and about in an activity at the zoo or something and they're getting excited and they or they see their friend? We'll say, hey, don't get too far from me. That's all God's saying here to her. And then he calls her by name. I see you running to me. It looks like a marathon setup, but you are running like it is a sprint. So the picture I got in my mind when I saw this, there were those, um, oh, you know, like when there's a race or something going on where they block off the streets and things with the, and that has the ribbons in between them. I saw that. And, and there were other people running, but everyone else was kind of in that run walk like people do in a marathon. But my friend was full force. I mean, she saw the finish line and she was giving it her all. That's the picture I got that caused then these words followed. 
I see you running to me. It looks like a marathon setup, but you are running like it's a sprint. You know, and a sprint is a very short distance. So you can give it all from the start to be to the end because it doesn't take long. Then it says, God needs you for the long haul to stay alert and use your senses to see me and hear me when I call your name. So God is just saying, look, it's okay to slow your pace because I won't need you longer to be stronger for longer for the long haul than to be so powerful in the short burst. And again, you see how, how that is exhorting her. That is exhortation. You will be no good to anyone if you aren't fully charged. Again, exhortation. Soon, now here we come. Soon you will have an opportunity to be refreshed and renewed. That would bring me comfort. If you're in the middle of something, in the middle of a marathon, and I don't run, so I'm not speaking from experience, but you see where the water stop is or where the oxygen stop is, your, your heart goes, okay, I can do it just a little bit longer. And that's what he's saying to her here. There's going to be an opportunity to be refreshed and renewed. But you, can, you have to choose. The choice is ours, just like those marathon runners. The choice is theirs whether they stop or not. And so is ours. Do we stop and spend time with the Lord? Do we, I'm, not, I'm now kind of um, on a rabbit trail, not necessarily interpreting her word. But how often... I'm guilty of this during the day. Do I go, I hear the Lord calling me, come sit with me. I've got something to tell you. Or come sit with me in my word. Or come sit and let's worship. And I'm in the middle of something. I go, okay, I'll be right there. Give me just a minute. Who? How arrogant is that? God of the universe, the Holy Spirit, is calling you to come. If her husbands or kids called that they had had an accident or something, we would drop everything and run, wouldn't we? And so I just, I desire with everything in me that you know it's okay to stop the mundane, the, the busyness of life. Because to operate prophetically, we, it has to be out of an overflow. Because we cannot do this from an empty vessel. And the only way our soul gets renewed is being with the Lord. The only way we get the mind of Christ is being in His Word, reading His words. We get His heartbeat. I, that's where I do. I get His heartbeat when I'm just, two things, when I'm sitting still and just being with Him, and then I wind up speaking in tongues every time. But um, then in worship, I love to use instrumental worship where there's no words. There's just the instruments. And what oftentimes ha- starts happening with me is that that creates the flow of the conversation between me and the Lord. And it becomes um, just a part of me. And, and that's just how I'm wired. You don't have to do that. Today, I'm just sharing um, my heart. I'm just pouring out Um, some nuggets. And I just wanted to start today off with going through a fresh word that God had given me for someone and dissecting it so you could see how there was edification. There's an element, there's always an element of God either 
um, encouraging of I love you, I see you, um, I'm proud of you, something like that. And then there's always an exhortation where, where God is uh, inviting us to step it up or to make a small correction because a prophetic word is never judgment. It's never comes, it should never come across as a judgmental. You heard what he said here in this word. And then somewhere in there, there is a comfort. That's how most of my words operate. It doesn't have to be all, and it can be one. But, um, but those are your foundation. Um, of course, it always has to align with the word, God's word and God's heart. And I know I'm repeating myself, but I just want to make sure we get those key points of how this um, prophecy works. So I want to shift over then, and I want to read to you the words of a song, and it's the song Confidence. I'm not a warrior. I'm too afraid to lose. I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to. When God first, when I really realized what he was calling me to, I thought, Lord, I was like Moses. I'd had a speech impediment growing up and everything. And I'm like, Lord, you remember who you're asking. And he's like, yes, I do. And that's what makes it so great is I know in Janelle, there is no way I am qualified to do this. But in Christ, I am able because all I'm using are my vocal cords my tongue to articulate, and it is the Spirit of God that speaks through us, the Word of God that flows. So it's not us in and of ourselves. The song goes on and says, But Lord, with your strength, I've got no excuse, because broken people are exactly who you use. So today, I want to encourage you, if you feel like a misfit, if you feel like How could I do that? It's through Christ. He chooses us. He chose to allow us to be hands and feet. And think in the prophecy, his mouth. (laughs) It is in our weakness that he is made strong. And so there have been times he's asked me to give a certain person a word. And I've told him, Lord, you're asking too much. I can't. But if that is what you want, give me your grace. Stir up your love your mercy and compassion, and I will do what you need me to do. And there's been times when I've asked, could you get somebody else? And he said, no, I ask you to do it. Doesn't that sound like us at home? I remember my son, he was like, mom. Well, I didn't have another child, but my answer would always be when he was wanting to get out of something, I ask you to do it. I know I could, but I've asked you to take care of that. So let's go on with this song. The chorus goes, so give me Faith, like Daniel in the lion's den. You know, faith is trusting God, not what we see, but trusting Him. Well, And if you remember Daniel in the lion's den, he did what he was supposed to do. And he, when you're first operating in the prophetic, you may feel like, oh, what if they say this? What if they're, you know, they eat me up with their words? But you know what? God closed the mouth of the lions for Daniel. And and even if he doesn't close people's mouths, he will give you the grace. If you will take those hurtful words 
and lay them at his feet. He will reward your faithfulness. We just have to always do to others as we would want done to us. The line goes on, give me hope like Moses in the wilderness. You know, hope is a powerful thing. When we have hope, we are stronger and bolder and more courageous. So I want to give you permission today to have hope that God wants to use you prophetically because he does. Give me a heart like David, Lord. Be my defense so I can face my giants with confidence. Now, some of you might be at the stage where you've never given a prophetic word at all yet, and this is all new to you. Your greatest giant will be your own thoughts and your own emotions. The very first public word. I've been talking a lot about, and it's geared toward like face-to-face one-on-one, but I want to share a testimony about the the first pur- public word I gave to a congregation uh, in the church I currently attend. We uh, It was in one of our locations. I was trembling and crying so hard. Brother Dwayne even asked me, can you do this? Like I was having the fall aparts, if you will. My emotions were getting the best of me. And in hindsight, two things. Number one was my natural fear of man and knowing uh, my weakness in articulation. And number two, I was overcome with the power of God. God, you're wanting to use me to speak to all of these people, and I don't know most of them. And so it was overwhelming and humbling that God trusted me to do that. And if God trusts me, he will trust you. That trust is a two-way street. We trust him and he trusts us. Let me go on now. Verse 2 says, you took a shepherd boy, made him a king. So I'm going to trust you and give you everything. I'll be a conqueror because you fight for me. I'll be a champion claiming your victory. And that is what we do. We God uses us to speak his word so that people believe they can be an overcomer. Jesus bought the victory at the cross for every single one of us. And so when we prophesy, we are to prophesy from the position of victory. And everything turns us back to that finished work of Jesus on the cross, doesn't it? It says, I'm going to sing and shout and shake the walls. Today I pray that the walls that have held you back would come down. I won't stop and see until I see them fall. Going to stand up, step out when you call Jesus. I do believe if you've listened to our podcast, Jesus is calling you. Can I use you? Will you be my voice? So I pray that you will step up or stand up and step out today. As the song says, I'll face my giants with confidence. So today, we give you permission, Holy Spirit, to speak through us. And again, that was the words from the song Confidence. If you want to pull, look that up and, and listen to it, if, if you're not familiar with that song, I encourage you to, to listen to that. I want to um, go quickly over here 
One of the main things, I kind of spoke about it going through the song there, is that people, hurting people hurt people. That's not a scripture. That's just reality. And um, so when you step up with prophecy, not everyone wants to be edified. Not everyone wants to be exalted. And not everyone wants to be comforted by the Lord. Think about the prodigal son. It took him a while of being in that pig pen to decide to turn from his ways. It's our job to speak it out. Holy Spirit finishes the work, but it's that person's choice. And what you cannot do, you cannot get wrapped up in what they, if they take the word or not. It's our job to deliver it. And if they choose to act upon it or take it as from the Lord, that is, that's what it's supposed to do. But if they choose not to, and especially if they turn on you and reject you, don't take it personal. I want to read, um, I have a wonderful book, Prayers That Availeth Much, from Jermaine Copeland, and I've used this through the years, bought multiple copies. I had a young friend recently buy me some more because she knows I give them away. But um, there's some statements and a prayer in here but overcoming the feeling of rejection. And if you're, if you have the call of prophecy on you, and for sure, if you're called to be a prophet, rejection is going to be somewhere in your life. That's just fact. So today I want to counter that with these words. Rejection seems to create an identity crisis, not knowing who we are in Christ. Rejection by those in the body of Christ is especially cruel. It happens more often than it should. When you are thrown into identity crisis, you have the opportunity to erase the old way of thinking in our mind and to replace it. Replace those self-destructive thoughts with God's thoughts. So here we go. This is, um, it says, Your Heavenly Father saw you and approved of you even while you were in your mother's womb. Psalms 139, 13-16 He gave you survival tools that would bring you to the place where you are today. He is a Father who has been waiting for you to come home to truth, the truth that will set you free. John eight thirty two. Future rejection may hurt, but it will be only for a season. In 1 Peter 1, 6 The Word of God is your shield against all the fiery darts of the devil. Ephesians 6, 16-17 For victory over your feeling of rejection, pray the following prayer in faith and joy. So today, I know you can't necessarily pray. I'm going to pray it over you. Um, and this way, you'll have it to go back and listen to. Lord, your son, Jesus, is my high priest. He understands and sympathizes with my weaknesses and this excruciating pain of rejection. In his name, I approach your throne of grace with confidence so that I may receive mercy and find grace to help me in the time of need. I ask you to forgive my sins, and I receive your mercy. I expect your healing grace to dispel 
the rejection I am suffering because of the false accusations and demeaning actions of others. Father Jesus was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with bitterness, bitterest grief, the grief of, you insert the person that rejected you, turning against me and treating me as an outcast is consuming me. Just as my rejection consumed your son, who freely gave his life for me. Forgive me for turning my back on Jesus and looking the other way. He was despised, and I didn't care. Yet it was my grief he bore, my sorrows that weighed him down. He was wounded and bruised for my sins. He was beaten that I might have peace. He was slashed, and with his stripes I was healed. In the face of rejection I will declare, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear or dread? The Lord is the refuge and stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? God gave me Psalms 27 when I was very, very young, and that has been a staying chapter um, throughout my life. I've gone to it, and so I encourage you to read that whole chapter of Psalms 27. The prayer goes on to say, I know right from wrong, and I cherish your laws in my heart. I won't be afraid of people's scorn or their slanderous talk. Slanderous talk is temporal and fades away. Your word will never pass away. Father, I choose to look at the things that are eternal. Your justice and mercy shall last forever, and your salvation from generation to generation. Your eyes are upon me, for I have right standing with you, and your eyes are attentive to my prayer. You spoke to me and asked, Now who is going to hurt you if you are a zealous follower of that which is good? In my heart I set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. I'm always ready to give logical defense to anyone who asks me to account for the hope that is in me but I do it courteously and respectful. I purpose to see to it that my conscience is entirely clear so that when I am falsely accused as an evil doer, those who threaten me abusively and revile my right behavior in Christ may come to be ashamed of slandering my good life. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though the going is rough. For a while down here, these trials are only a test. My faith, these trials are only to test my faith, to see whether it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests gold and purifies it. And my faith is far from precious to you, Lord, the mere gold. So if my faith remains strong after being tried in the test tube of fiery trials, it will bring me much praise and glory and honor on the day of Jesus' return. In spite of the rejection I have experienced, I declare that everything you say about me in your word is true. And I want to read over you some things that God says. He says, I am united to Christ and I am spirit with him, 1 Corinthians six seventeen. I am a friend of Christ, John fifteen fifteen. 15. I, li- I love that one because... Um, we tell our 
friends our secrets, don't we? And so God wants to tell us his secrets. If we acknowledge that he is our friend and we are a friend to him. I am a child of light, First Thessalonians 5, 5. I am a partaker of a heavenly call, Hebrews 3, 1. And I personally believe prophecy is a heavenly call. I am accepted in the beloved, Ephesians 1, 6. I am redeemed through the blood of Jesus, Ephesians 1, 7. Those are some powerful places, and I know you can look up do a word search of I am statements, and you can find many more. Some of those came out of a, a degree book from Patricia King. And like I said, the other uh, prayer that I was reading, and some of those scriptures came out of prayers that availeth much. So I just, in closing, I want to encourage you. I, th- I was trying to think of numbers last night and, and thinking about this podcast These aren't true numbers. I haven't done research, but think about it this way. If every person on this earth equaled 5,000 and God desires for all to prophesy, right? And so let's say all 5,000 were saved. They've been baptized in water and filled with the Holy Spirit. And and they're like, what now, Lord? You know, I've got all this good stuff. What do you have for me now? And they find that scripture that he desires for all to prophesy. So then that's all 5,000, right? That is a request for everyone. But then it talks about the gift of prophecy. Now, these are folks just like the pastor of your church. He's called to be a pastor. There are folks that are called to operate in prophecy or have the gift of prophecy. Those are ones that that's where I've been residing of there's very few days that there's not some kind of a prophetic word that comes through me or an act. Now, I'm not saying they all come through me perfectly because I have off days, bad days, and uh, like everyone else. But those that are called to it, I can't help but do it. I'm no longer asking, oh, God, do you want to? Oh, you know, that I, we all started there. But now I just know. I'm like, okay, Lord, do you have any prophecy that you want to flow through me today? Sometimes he it, it starts early in the morning. <laughs> and then other days he's like, no, you can have the day off. Enjoy me. Enjoy what I've given you. And, and those days are... are um, It's like taking the Sabbath, you know. You just do something different, but it doesn't stop that gift of prophecy. It just, it doesn't flow that day. And then, and in that, there are the, we do person-to-person prophecy. And like I shared that example of when God gave me a word for a congregation or a group of people. Those are are the ones that are called, have a gift of prophecy, um, that's usually the ones you see operating in that way. Then there is a prophet, and that is a position. That is a, a sanctified, uh, set-apart office. And the those would be the ones that, like, they speak into governmental officials, like the president, and they, they have 
they have a voice, they have authority to speak the prophetic over a territory or a nation or even a continent. And so um, I really don't want to spend much time there because back to our numbers, say 5,000 were the people invited, all Christians, okay? The gift of prophecy is, I would say, and I'm just guesstimating, 1,500 to 2,500 of those people have the gift of prophecy or the call of prophecy on their life. And in my opinion, out of 5,000 people, there would be maybe 500 that would be hold the office of a prophet. So I'm just using those numbers to just show you, like, everyone is called to prophesy. Some have the gift of prophecy, a life of prophecy, if you will, like a pastor, uh, pastors, a teacher teaches. And so there's that. And then you have those set apart that are a prophet. And so um, that is much smaller. Um, and again, none of that is from research. I'm just using that as a teaching example. But I do thank you for your time. I hope that some of this has taken down your um, apprehension. I pray that you get into um, the scriptures that we have used in our time together. And again, if you have any questions or comments, I would love to explain them. Um, because I do sometimes get so caught up in what I'm teaching that I forget not everyone knows the rest of the story. And so, because you know what? I don't either. I'm still learning. You know, everything I've told you today, uh, I guarantee you in the next month, I will learn something. And so, because we cannot outgive God. So I'm excited that I've given you what I can in the time we've had together, the nuggets that I hope give you a hint of what prophecy is, examples of how to prophesy, and encouragement. That if God asks you to do it, He'll empower you to do it, and He will equip you to be an overcomer, to overcome the obstacles that may and will come against you. So today, Lord, I just close this out. Holy Spirit, we thank you for purifying us and allowing us to be a vessel ready and equipped to be used in the gift of prophecy. And I pray that God would bless you all and keep you all and make his face shine upon you and to give you peace today and the days to come. I've loved being with you. May God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you today and always. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 